Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We need to find Gary Gulls. It's Saturday, which means it's time for the Front 3 Q&A podcast with me, Adam Boltwood, Lawrence McKenna, hey. and Dave O'Brien. Yes. Excited, Dave? Very excited. Big oh, games this weekend. You and Dave. You and Dave. Brings us to our first question from Max Brooks. He wants some match predictions for Arsenal v Chelsea, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you reckon? How's this one going to go, Dave? We're looking at Arsenal, who have sort of, you know become the frontrunners for the title, drawn the last few games though, which has had a, a few people doubting their credentials. Then you've got the likes of Chelsea, who have drawn four out of the last five. Not really uh, uh, firing all cylinders, of course. How do you see this one going? They're, they're unbeaten in six, Adam. Come on, uh, two yeah, wins, not... four draws, form of the season right now. Yeah, but Don't want to play them. They're conceding three goals at home to, to Everton. They are, yeah. I think they need to, I think the big battle in this game is going to be Mesut Ertzil versus John Obermikel. Um, we've seen in the sort of bigger games, Arsenal sort of sit back a little bit more, you know, against Man City, sort of sat mm-hmm. back in a deep sort of 4-4-1-1 block. If Chelsea play the 4-2, sorry, the 4-2-3-1 system, it's going to be really interesting to see whether, as the deep-lying mid, uh, midfielders, whether it is Mikel and Fabregas or, like it against Everton, Mikel and Matic. Because mm. if it's Mikel and Fabregas, there's going to be so much space behind Fabregas when he looks to dictate, when he looks to sort of push forward. So on that counter-attack, Mesut Ozil, will absolutely destroy them. And then again, another factor, Alexis Sanchez coming back into Ooh. the fold. I mean, It's a big one. That. I don't think they'll rush Sanchez back, though. I, I don't see the point in rushing Sanchez back. It's true. I mean, but surely, with or without him, Lawrence, I feel like Arsenal have got this one sewn up. I don't think sewn up. I, I, <sighs> I think they've got a better chance of winning it. Uh, you know, <laughs> looking at their last few games, you know, despite the fact that they've drawn two of them, they've exploded on a couple of sides. I mean, Liverpool... Arsenal should have won that one 5-3 possibly but Liverpool made their own chances uh, as well Uh, obviously they won 1-0 against Newcastle but that was considered quite an anomaly for Newcastle there was a weird result against Southampton but they beat City you know they've beaten like like Dave says they've beaten other teams uh, with with a very very certain and specific way of playing I think with Giroud up front they can they can break on quite well I think he makes a great centrepiece against a team like them I'm going for 3-0 to Arsenal. I'm just going for it. Uh, what do you reckon, Dave? Bold. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. Lawrence? 3-1 Arsenal. Ooh. Just um, another goal there. Very nice. And at the end, Wenger zips his jacket, takes off his face, 
and it's Jose Mourinho. Oh, <laughs> of course, after this wow. game, the most important thing is that on our brand spanking new YouTube channel, there's going to be a bit of match tactical analysis, isn't there, Lawrence? Um, which is exciting. I, I bloody hope so, Adam. Bloody hope so. Uh, we're going to be um, a man down, though. Dave's, Dave's not going to be there. Oh, Dave right. is bloody skiing. S- sorry, so sorry, chat. We need someone else to bring the statistical analysis. Um, hopefully, it'll be Kristen's. Hopefully, like. got, there's a couple. There's a couple of guys. There's a couple of guys. There's a couple of guys. Um, could be. Chris, Chris was fantastic last week. Where we really enjoyed the uh, the, the opening of the YouTube channel. Mm. Good to have. Uh, is your face any better yet, Adam? That's a question for you. Um, considering it's going out on Saturday, so yesterday I had my wisdom tooth out, and wow, it was painful. Very painful. Um, Are you okay now? Are you recovering? Your uh, girlfriend? Yes. Let's. I'll just predict yes. Moving um, <laughs> on to the next question, Morgan Ryan here says: For the next Q and A, can it be a personal Q and A around each of you? Yes. <laughs> more about us. He's asked the one question though. I like this question. What What is your favourite nineties cartoon? That's fantastic. Ooh, my my favourite cartoon, nineties cartoon, has got to be. The Biker Mice from Mars because it was absolutely fucking insane and I love watching it now and being like gee it's how we watched as kids massive mice on motorbikes riding around in space absolutely fantastic that's that's number one that is the best nice cartoon um I don't I liked Hey Arnold oh mate come on yeah it's a good one Hey Hey Arnold good Hey Arnold what other you know I'll tell you what Ghostbusters was a really good cartoon and Batman was a really good cartoon Batman the animated series. I'll give you that one. And Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was amazing. You're forgetting number one. Wacky Races. Oh. It had it all. Mate, that's before the 90s, mate. Good that's way before Are you sure 90s, that wasn't just reruns of something from the 80s or something from like the 50s? Oh, it was. Oh, 90s cartoon, Dave. That's a tough one. What? You know, I don't know now. I'm stumped. <laughs> oh, wait a <laughs> minute, guys. My whole childhood's gone. Uh... Uh, we're missing. Uh, do you, does anyone remember the the football cartoon in the nineties? If either of you can remember it, I'll give you a box of Ferrero Rocher. Oh, what goal? Oh, Ferrero Rocher. It was. Um, do you remember the series? The Hurricanes. <laughs> do, 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 do. I do actually. And they used to just like. I think it was based in America, so it was based in like NASL or something. And they used to just go and play other teams, and they'd be like, they have really extreme characters. And some of them had like beards and they had like a big cool strike cover. It was a great listen. series. I'm pretty sure it's still on YouTube. There's no massive mice, there's no motorbikes. It doesn't have a patch on my favourite show. Anyway, moving Adam, on. Adam, in the opening enough. sequence, there is a video with a guy on the back, like riding the back of a plane. And he does the thing where you, you put the ball along the back of your arms and across the back of your neck. Now, if that's not better from like the bike ride bike riding mice i don't know what it is <laughs> oh mate you just you got it all wrong anyway next question next was question. the f2 before the f2 were even born jonathan marshak says would pep's bayern beat pep's barcelona or would it be the other way around dave now pep's barca would be pep's bayern one man Lionel messi but then also the controlling of midfield of iniesta busquets and xavi yes yeah, so it's got to be pep's I barcelona tend really i to agree Oscar Anderson said, why isn't Hadji, Henri, or even Pushkas ever considered one of the best players of all time? He's basing this on our, our best player in the history of football, which chat a few weeks back. You mean the GOAT Awards? The GOAT Awards, yes. That's the, the technical term. Thierry Henri is one of the most beautiful players to play the game. Like the, he's so elegant. 
Oscar Anderson also asked, best football player to watch in their prime. Mine is, mine is Ronaldinho. Wait a minute, what? why did we not answer that? We didn't even answer that. No, because I, I, we were sort of wondering about right. He just said, why aren't they considered? I think because there are better they players who have achieved yeah. more and uh, you know influenced the game in greater ways. That's why. Oh, but, well, oh, that, I can't say that about Puskas. Oh. I think Puskas was before our time. I think that's why we'll never be able to see the beauty of... Yeah, well, to be fair, Stefano, people he does have his own award. Yeah. He has his own award. I mean, that's pretty big. That's big influence. Yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time that someone scores the best ever. goal in Europe, someone says, that's your reward, Pushkash. Oscar Anderson asks, best football player to watch in their prime? Mine is Ronaldinho. It's hard to disagree Kaka. with that. In his prime, he had a short prime, but what a prime. Dave says Kaka. Mm. But then really, also Dave? Lionel Messi. Oh, Lionel Messi. Right. I love Lionel Messi. Um, Lawrence, you got But then Paul Scholes. Oh, God. Yeah, but too, um, there's a there's a lot. I mean, Javi and Iniesta is a good shout for that, right? Mm. Um, Manuel Neuer in the outfit outfield. Uh, go- you know what? Goalkeepers in their prime are very satisfying to watch. Some absolutely yeah. wonderful questions. Would you uh, say Suarez? Would you say? Oh, you know what? Actually, Gerard wasn't that satisfying to watch. <laughs> right. Next question. We've got loads here from Te Golazzo. I'm only going to answer one. Uh, Te. Because, you know, in the interest of fairness. Um, Tegelazzo said, Do you think Arsene Wenger will keep Joel Campbell in the starting 11 once Sanchez comes back? I think Not... he'll probably be the, the casualty of the starting 11. But, but at been, the same he's time. He's been playing very well, hasn't he? Very impressive. Mm. He has. I, I was on another podcast uh, called the ULF podcast, which is the United and Liverpool fans podcast. Oh, cheating on And Nipoon, uh, no, I'm just repping the front three. Uh, <laughs> Nipoon on that podcast uh, said that. And I thought it was quite interesting. If Joel Campbell was South American, or if it was another shape of player, we would consider him differently. Hmm. I think it's a good point. Good point. I think he's, he's taken time to bed into the Premier League, but we've seen lately that he sort of has a lot more composure in the final third. He slowed himself down. He doesn't look so nervous. He's sort of adjusting to the league. And I think he's, he's a very good player, but I do agree that he will be the casualty of the lineup. Comment here from John Shin. Not a question, but he said, I think Lozcast is spot on, RE the Ballon d'Or. If the awarding Correct. criteria is so ambiguous, they should categorise the awards at the front free. Great listen. Thanks, John. But then someone else Your... responded to that and said, uh, fuck and you. Said, it said something along the lines of, you guys, uh, let me try and find it here. Um, this is your favourite food, favorite squad numbers, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, great. Uh, Lozcast reminds me of Jack Whitehall. No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got a point. Yes. Though, he's, he's got he a does. Point, he's man. got a point. He doesn't have a point. You never see Lawrence McKenna and Jack Whitehall in the same place. That's yeah, because saying. Jack Whitehall doesn't like me. Um, <laughs> c- could you uh, basically? Someone else responded and said, "Surely that's what the starting eleven is for." Hmm. Uh, and I'm not. No. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I agree. I would yeah. actually like to see it as an award. It's an individual award. Guna Dillon asks, Drogba or Henri? Ooh, Thierry Henri. 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 That back heel against uh, Norwich and the just the the build up. Drogba's fantastic. Louis Murad here says, Are Liverpool management, are the Liverpool management delusional or do they just have that big of a budget to squander? I don't think anyone goes Hmm. out to deliberately squander a budget, do they? No one sort of goes, Watch this. Watch this. 25 million for Adam Lallana. What did you make exactly. of... Um, Brilliant. What did you make of Brendan Rodgers made a few appearances on Sky Sports last week, sort of not throwing the transfer committee under a bus, but basically sort of almost not, not washing his hands of it either. But, you know, having when he was in the job said he had final say on transfers. Now he's saying, I didn't have final say. 
I was given a list of players, not players I wanted, but I had to choose one. I think a lot of his comments were uh, actually quite well considered. Um, and obviously there were times where it looked as if he was being quite defensive. If you read them back in context, I think overall what he's basically saying is he enjoyed his time at Liverpool, but at times w- the parameters didn't quite fit what he wanted to build and they felt they should have kept Luis Suarez. The problem, uh, th- and it made for salacious headlines because people paraphrased what he said and it was basically, I, think, I, think I wanted Sanchez and they got me Balotelli. Mm, yeah, right. Sanchez didn't want to go to Liverpool. It wasn't that Liverpool didn't bid for him mm. hard enough. It was literally that he didn't want to go the, to the, Liverpool. The, the consensus was that he came across well, though. Is what no, I, 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 think, I know what you I mean that people are taking out of context with his quotes. It, it, the, the journalist, well, clickbait obviously took him out of context. That's not journalism. That's just clickbait. Mm, but um, I, don't think he, I don't think he necessarily helped himself by, no, you know, he was sort of saying how they were close. Yeah, how they were, you know, they were close to signing Dali Ali. You know, we almost pulled it off. Blah blah blah. I, I, I did interpret it like that. I turned. I, I did inter- I watched the. the I watched it live. I did sort of think that it was a little bit blamey. It was a little bit, we didn't get this guy. We didn't get this guy. We should have got this guy. That's why we went, like, that's why we hit Self, a bad turn. Self-preservation. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't it great. I didn't, for me, it didn't paint Brendan Rodgers in a very good light. No, but also it doesn't paint Liverpool in a very good light. And I think, um, yeah, at the same time, I understand the restraints in which the owners are acting. And actually, if you look at the squad that they've constructed, it's not the terrible squad that Brendan Rodgers uh, or people were leading you to believe. You know, that's not the worst squad in the Premier League. Uh, maybe for the, the money that they spent. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. But I also think that, you know, Jurgen Klopp is realising there's some good and some bad players within that squad. And I think there are a lot of squads within the league that a lot of people would evaluate and say that. The fact is, Liverpool have spent the money and at times they've spent it badly. Mm, um, that's true. And that, that is also, it's also down to Brendan Rodgers. It's not just the transfer committee and anything else. Also, Brendan Rodgers. A great question here from Mohamed Aquil. He said, considering how unpredictable the league is and inconsistent the players are, who do you think will win the PFA Players of the uh, of the Year award? Mohamed, see if you've got Urzu as your avatar. Good news here. I think it's going to be Meza Urzu. If not, Maris. Ooh, I think it's going to be Meza Urzil if he continues his form. His form has been so, so good that... It almost feels like, feels like he might not be able to consider it. You know, 16 assists already. The record's 25 more to go on that. He's completed more passes in the final third than any player in Europe's top five leagues. He's created more chances than any player in Europe's top five leagues. His chance created per 90 minutes is like at an insane rate. So it's one of those things where I just don't know. But I'd like to see it because then Arsenal will win the league and Man City won't win the league. Wow. Bitter. Greater of two Bitter much, Dave? No, no, not at all, mate. No, okay, great. Not at all. Uh, another good question here from Jameer Price. He said, with the Euros on the way, what is your favourite moment and why? Whatever. I guess, like what? Euro- Euros moment. Euro tournament moment. There have been oh. a lot, haven't there? There's a lot of good Euros moments. My, my favourite must be being at Euro 2012 for the entire tournament in Ukraine and Poland. And just, it was amazing. Absolutely incredible. Um... The final was incredible. Watching Spain win 4 0 in the final was a massive achievement. I have got to choose Euro 96. I think uh, the peak, uh, that was when, you know, started getting into football. I, you know, uh, I think Gaz's flick over Colin Hendry's head, that was finish, good. football's coming home. It was, it did. <laughs> well, not quite. Dave? Um, I can remember a Thomas Rosicki like brace that was just unbelievable from central midfield. I think it might have been Euro 2000. Well, that was not 2004. Maybe in 2004, maybe actually. Mm. But Thomas Rosicki was just on the, you know, was on next the next level, and obviously, what a 
Frame Carrera did have in the Thomas end. Thomas Rosicki. It's such a weird comment about Thomas yeah. And obviously then, what a strange career he had. <laughs> yeah. anyway, David, David, David highlights of European he was, championship. He was the Thomas best player Rizicki. at the Euros um, in that Czech side and he didn't go to greatness is what I mean. Like He had the potential to be one of the best central midfielders in world football and he didn't hit that peak. That's what I mean with that little comment. Um, good question from Piotr Gala. He said, between Mertesacker, Di Michaelis and Perlo, who would win a 100-metre sprint? Mertesacker, <laughs> um, Di Michaelis and Perlo. I'm tempted to say Mertesacker. He's probably the youngest. He's got the longest legs. I don't think he'd do it in, in... I don't think he'd do it quicker than 10 seconds, potentially, but boah, I think he'd win. Not even potentially, he just wouldn't do it. <laughs> All right, he wouldn't do it quicker than twenty seconds, but uh, it, you know he'd win that one. I think. That I think race. it would be Dimicalis. Mental. Um, GK Arteta assist said, "What was the best Premier League season in terms of quality and entertainment?" Uh, the immediate one that springs to mind is, of course, Aguero. The last minute. All that. Shut up, mate. That was, that was absolutely rubbish. Dave, you've got no to put that bias that. aside, mate. You've got to look no one at enjoyed it. That, you've got to mate. look at it with a clinical eye and say, what was the I'm most gonna entertaining? With 2008-2009, when it was that Liverpool-United title race, that meant so much to everybody involved with those two clubs. And you had some fantastic players, Fernando Torres, you know, then, then the midfield trio of Gerard Mascarano and Xabi Alonso, obviously Alonso, the legend of the podcast. They were and quality the teams. Front, front uh, four or three of Rooney, Tevez and Ronaldo and then Ryan Giggs. Was that the most season. entertaining that was, that was really season, though? Entertaining? Mm. I'm not sure it was most entertaining. Um, well, you know, I think it was definitely... I mean, Liverpool were at their peak under Benitez. Then. The, the, the year when Manchester United beat Arsenal 8-2 as well, you know? A little bit too recent, though. What if we go all the way back to... That's when Man City. You know, that's when Man City beat Man United six one as well. That year. Well, uh, what if we? What if we incredible. also went to? Yeah, but this this. I mean, it's also the Premier League spans a few eras, right? So, what if you went to kind of um, you know, Blackburn winning it <laughs> under mm-hmm. Kenny Dalglish? That was a massively entertaining season with very entertaining football. Mm-hmm. What if that? What about the season where Kenny, <laughs> uh, where Ke- uh, Kevin Keegan, and everyone else <laughs> well, would we'll love it. it? I would love it if we beat them, and we. I, 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 I would love it, and. And then he just puts the mic down. And there's just some really good... I think Ron Atkinson that season <laughs> told, told them like to piss off on Sky Sports. It's actually <laughs> like, go and play with your funny machines and I'll see you next week. Oh. It was just funny. It was, it was a good... That was entertainment. Here's that was good. when managers were managing. And if Here's... anyone's got the time or the inclination, go and watch Brian Clough's interview on Sky Sports. Because it is just, just funny. Unbelievable. Here's a good question here from Cameron Sager. He said, is Manchester United's targeting of unsignable unsignable players a diversion to hide a lack of aggression in the transfer market or is it just basic poor strategy? We do see these stories coming out uh, hugely after Manchester United lose, Dave. Uh, The next day, Manchester United are trying to sell Gareth Bale. They're trying to sign uh, Neymar. Neymar. They're trying to sign Ronaldo. Ronaldo. It does seem like uh, a very convenient uh, sort of uh, briefing to the press that but uh, also I don't get I don't get how that's an achievement you know I mean, they talk about them you know wanting to sign big players everyone wants to sign big players but they're, they're not I trying to when, I remember when Blackburn went for Ronaldinho doesn't mean you're going to get him is that like, <laughs> they're, they're trying yeah they're trying to placate the fans they're trying to you know feed the narrative that they're still the biggest club in the world and they're challenging for the biggest players they might not necessarily get them but they're trying to put the stories out there that you know we have the ambition to target those players which is, which, which is poor strategy, right? 
Yeah, it's a terrible strategy. It's just stupidity, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, <laughs> things coming out today, like... Oh, God, Dave, tell us how you really feel. Andres Pereira, frustrated at lack of minutes in the first team. Are you joking? So we've actually got a talented attacker, and he's, he's, you know, he's not even getting played because for whatever reason. It's just... Anyway, <laughs> frustration with Manchester That's United so is boiling over at the moment. So fed up there. But, yeah, no, I think um, it's a joke. I think that you shouldn't be showing yourself in the press. If, you, if the press... If you're, like, making... People believe that you're signing, you're attempting to sign all these players. Like, you know, you should you should have a better strategy, right? As in, you, you your strategy should be, you know, under the radar, right? You do it early, get the players in, yeah, you sort it out, and you sort of change them. them properly. Exactly. Um, the point would be, actually, no one should be talking about your transfer policy at this point. They yeah. should actually be talking about how good your football is because you should be not peaking, but getting to a pretty good point in your football at this point in the season. Um, Quabity Schuitz lovely name said who's your favorite player who never played for your team uh, for the team you support um pains me to say but i think one of my favorite players growing up and it was painful thierry Henry, as we've mentioned before hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Podcast, unbelievable player. Play for the great rivals, but can't help but respect his uh, his legendary tongue. What about you, Lawrence? Same for me, actually. Um, what a player! Mainly because he used to say he loved he loved playing at Anfield and he really loved the crowd. Um, yeah, he and I, you say know that about Spurs, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah, I love playing at Spurs. I love the crowd. I love winning. Way end. <laughs> I love winning. Um, winning yeah, I love winning, and that's why I love playing at Spurs. <laughs> um, who would I have liked? A big hmm. I would have Gareth Barry in midfield. Um, Best I'm trying to think of who Liverpool. You know what? I would have loved to see Juan Mata sign for Liverpool under Benitez. But we're just saying favorite player who yeah. never played for your team. Don't, they don't have to. They not that you wanted to see your team, but just your favorite player who never played for you. Um, mm, that's a good question. Uh, Nedved. Fair, fair play, Dave. Nedved. Um, either Gabriel Batistuta or David Silva. Not Thomas Rizicki. No. No, it would have been. Maybe if he'd signed for United and not gone to Arsenal. Uh, Preston, PR7. Trezeguet. David Trezeguet. Preston says, what is your favourite World Cup ball of all the ones Adidas have made? My favourite is the 2006 one. Um, Really? Which one was the 2006 one? 2006 2006 one was that one with the... Yeah. And it was the one with like the... um, It had sort of funny shit, like two balls that had been uh, fused together on Mm. the side. And yeah. Jens Lehmann claimed that it gained speed as it went through the yeah. <laughs> My favourite is actually... Extra rotations. Oh. <laughs> Extra rotations mean it gained speed. Yes, Jens Lehmann. Adidas <laughs> have made new physics up to go with this. <laughs> Clever Jens Lehmann. I think speed. my favourite uh, was uh, 
I was I never wasn't a big, big fan of the older was it Jabulani the one at uh, 2010. Oh, I, I actually, like the Jabulani. And I, you know, I I love the the um bazooka. Yeah, that was my favourite. The bazooka, yeah. nice and colourful, nice design. Something a bit I'm different. Involved, isn't it? I like the 2002 yeah. World Cup one, the one in Japan. Nah. That was a good one. It had some nice colour to it, and the outside of it was very sort of um uh and it, it was very soft and sort of cushiony and really nice to strike. I, I played with it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Um, Andrew SB says, what does Klopp slash Liverpool have to do to get consistent results? Very inconsistent, Lawrence. What do you think they need to do to sort of get a bit more consistency going? Run a four. Get, get some back-to-back wins. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, anything that he needs to change tactically. Um, give Benteke a chance. I th- well, I mean, Liverpool won, uh, on the, uh, won against Exeter. That's true. I think... Uh, yeah, I mean that's not really consistency. I think they what they need to do is they need to get a more consistent squad. I mean, we saw some of those guys fielded out there. Jose Enrique was the captain for that. Christian Benteke wasn't probably you know for formational purposes and sort of organisation more than anything. But I think it's more about sorting out this squad. I don't know if what Liverpool are looking for is consistency right now. They're looking for experimentation and mm. um, exploration, and for that reason, uh, I think to become more consistent, maybe we're going to have to see. I would. I'd like to see a couple of the youth guys come through. I'd like to see Tashera, uh, who actually played all right the other night, and Ojo. Um, and it, it, what's disappointing with Liverpool Ojo. is it looks like Sinclair is leaving the club mm. because his agent is Ad Ward. Classic. <laughs> what a shame. Classic Ad Ward. Cameron Falcon said, "How good is John Joe Shelby, Dave? Personally, he bloody loves him." Well, John Joe's a good lad, isn't he? But I think John Joe needs to be loved. I feel as soon as the love goes away from John Joe, you know, he falls out of the team or whatever, he turns into a bit of a bad egg. But if Newcastle can make him their main man, we saw that wonderful pass to Yamma uh, last weekend that was just unbelievable. Just the if they can make him the dictator, uh, the creator in chief, they'll be, you know, they've got a cracking player there. Does he run a bit hot and cold? I think he doesn't if he's the main man in a way. You know, where the, the ball's consistently going to him and he's the, he is the deep line playmaker or he is. You know, at Charlton, when he broke through, he was that attacking midfielder that scored goals. But obviously, Wijnaldum is, um, you know, the main man in that position for Newcastle. No, because he did say, I think he did say that he kind of may want to play attacking midfield again because he feels he can contribute with assists and goals. So it would be interesting to see how Newcastle use him. If they I feel Newcastle need to get, um, you know, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of Cheptiote anymore. I feel he's sort of ran his lifetime in the Premier League. You know, I'm not a he's massive fan of Holbach. He's off to China. I feel like they need two really strong defensive midfielders, you know physical powerhouse and then John Joe can be the, the creator. That's interesting. I think if you put a man on him and I think that's what didn't happen between Newcastle and, um, was it Bournemouth? Hmm. Yes. No, yes. No. Who knew, it was Newcastle and Bournemouth, wasn't it? I can't... Uh, uh, yeah. Newcastle, Aston Villa. Sorry. No. Aston Villa, no. <laughs> Dave, are you just... West Ham. West Ham, sorry. Yeah, there you West go. Ham, yeah. Right. Parrot and Blue. If, 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 <laughs> between Newcastle and West Ham... Sorry, Adam, what are you saying? I'm just going to move on to the next question. Well, why don't we just say, if you just put a man on him, then I think you can upset him a little bit. We've seen within games, he is, he's changeable. Very changeable. changeable. I like him. I want him to do well. Changeable. He's very changeable. The next question is from the big man, General Lorenzo. He said, will Tottenham win the league in the next three years? They certainly no, can. No. Things are looking up. Will they, though? Why not? Yeah, yeah why not? Next they, season. It's I think they season. will in the next three years. But, I reckon if they, they keep Pochettino, they'll do it. Oh, I love it. Here's a good question from Taha... Ali. He said, Stoke fans chant for Ramsey. Thoughts? He's referring to last week at Stoke 
Um, it's sort of become a bit of a running uh, theme whenever Arsenal go to the Britannia Stadium. The Stoke fans boo Aaron Ramsey for having the, the temerity to break his leg at their stadium. What do you make of those chants? Because I cannot wrap my head around it. I don't understand nasty, it. Isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit nasty. It's fan culture. It's trying to get in the player's head. Um, I just, yeah, it's... It's just not good, right? It's just not a nice environment for anybody. There's some. It's, it's only a minority. I think that's the big point that we need to make. You know, it's only a minority of, of fans singing that. So let's not generalise that every single Stoke fan is is a, is a nutcase. But well, maybe some of them are a little bit. Crazy. Let's not not do that though. Anyway, Faruha Stoke said, "Stoke as a city have the worst doctor to patient ratio in England." There you go. Faruha yeah, said, so you know. "What are the chances of Zlatan to win the Champions League this season?" I'd say twenty percent. That's what. Maybe anyway. he should just play on his own. He's got more chance winning it that way. Morgan, asking another question, he said, why are Liverpool going for Shane Long when he's such an inconsistent striker and he plays best for Ireland, not for Southampton? Mm. Closer to Ireland, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's I think why it's work, like, right? Work I do rate. think it's unusual. Why, why would they go for... I mean, I suppose they want immediate, an immediate um, Is it that an immediate fix. But Benteke doesn't give that work rate. Shane Long does. Yeah, but I know I know they want to do well this season, but Danny Ings is still in that squad. <laughs> no, it's like Jurgen Klopp's forgotten that. Um, next I don't think he has. I think the headline. <laughs> next question from the big man, John Shin Dave. He said, do you think Pereira is being mismanaged or is it down to LVG's lack of risk-taking that's denying him games? It's mismanagement at the highest level. We've had a massive problem with wide players and um Pereira played for Brazil at the under twenty one World Cup this uh, last summer on the left wing and was pretty pretty good. You know, whenever I've seen him, he's looked very good. Brilliant bit of skill in the under twenty one games game during this last week. You know, chip the ball up and an absolute cracking volley. The lad has absolute talent, and I just don't understand why he's not getting around that squad with the lack of form of Memphis Depay on that left hand side. Martial probably should be playing through the middle. Um, you know, you're going to get some real creative output if you play someone like Andres Pereira there. Obviously, he's a young lad, but. The other thing that I'd say is his set-piece delivery is so, so, so good. He's so good at whipping the ball in from anywhere, corners, free kicks. And United need to get goals from anywhere. So if they've got, even if he doesn't contribute in an attacking sense on the pitch, get him on a free kick, get him on a set-piece, and he'll, he can change a game for you. And that's, I think that's what United need this season. They need as many game changes in uh, different situations as possible, whether it be on the counter-attack, whether it be on set-pieces. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is a massive mismanagement again. And I just, he is it goes a back good... to my whole Louis van Gaal, doesn't give young players confidence that I'm going to go put on my bloody gravestone. <laughs> David D. Shanahan, 9.30, said, how can Lawrence, how can Lawrence ruin <laughs> a free all draw? How can Lawrence ruin a free all draw? I don't um, know. You've how would you like me to do it? You've ruined it, mate, because you'd rather see a nil-nil, you said. I didn't. I'm not, I'm not saying a three all draw is a terrible thing. Well, I am. But you'd rather see a nil-nil. It's nothing to do with what I, what I would rather. <laughs> it's to do with the evaluation of it. Mm. I'm not saying a 3-0 is worse than a 0-0. Mm. I'm saying it's the lack of appreciation of what actually goes on in the game because everyone goes, well, it's more entertaining, more goals than neutral, isn't it? Mm. Doesn't mean I can't appreciate it. I'm just saying... Why <laughs> you're saying you're appre you appreciate a 0-0 more, though. That's what you were saying. No, no. What I was saying was, I think I appreciate... I appreciate... I personally appreciate a 0-0 more. At the moment, <laughs> right? but, but, but that doesn't mean that I'm putting down the 3-3 what I'm saying is get better analysis of the 3-3 and the 0-0 so our understanding is deeper and we have a better understanding of the 3-3 rather than just going Gary great great game for the neutral yes. great game for the neutral 
Great game for the neutral. And is indeed neutral and happy. Great I think tactically, if, if you draw three all, as a manager, you've made a bit of a cock up, right? Yeah, of course. Like, because there's been moments where you're either getting caned or you're in the lead, and you let that slip, right? So there's some, there's a player reaction or there's a tactical reaction that you've not made at the right time, which has cost you the game. I feel. I think that's Lawrence. Is that what you're sort of getting at in a way? Yeah, if it's a nil-nil, if you've not made not a tactical cock up, but you've not done well enough to tactically break down the other team and, and score. That's a fair point. Which but then, is the point again, that's football. why it's fat. That's why it's tactically interesting, right? Tactically fascinating. Mm. Next question. It's a fascinating question I, from Ivor. I, 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 am, I am saying that, Dave. What I am also saying is, um, I, I think when Jose said it, he said it best. He was like, that is hockey score. That is hockey score. <laughs> You're it right was when he was heart, uh, Lawrence. Is that what you're saying? But I think he said something along the lines of, I think Arsenal won something or lost something like 5-4. Five, five, and they asked him post-game, they watched, they went, what do you think of that? He went, that's terrible. If my players uh, had a 5-4 game, I'd be really upset. <laughs> Listen to this question. Ivaniel Sapida on Twitter. Why do you guys hate Real Madrid so much? And don't hit me with bullshit, is what he said. <laughs> I read that and I, Ivan, and I love it. Ivan, I'm not sure we hate Real Madrid. We just feel like they're a very poorly run club. And it's mm. frustrating to see a club with such resources and such money at their disposal piss it away when they should be <laughs> the greatest club in the world. Mm. They should be winning the Champions League every year. They should be winning the league every year and showing us fantastic football week in, week out. Instead, you've got Barcelona doing it. Why can't Real Madrid be at that level? Because they're a poorly run club. I don't hate Real Madrid. I don't hate Real Madrid. No, I don't hate Real Madrid. I love their achievements. I think they've had some fantastic achievements. Oh, in that's history. And some people, yeah, but their history is about kind of um, profligate spending at times. But Why is it also it? down to the fact that they've overextended their system? So they've do- essentially, like you said, Adam, they've done it wrong in most people's eyes because they focused on being dominant and killing everyone else off. And that wasn't what we wanted. We wanted to see diversity and competition yeah. and all the things that make it interesting. And they were just sort of like, no, look over here. Image rights. <laughs> and we were like, oh, damn. Dominating everything. Um, you yeah, did look that, over there, though, didn't you, Lawrence? You did. Look. I love image rights, Dave. Um, <laughs> here's a good question from James Kayser. He said, what caused Pedro to have such a lack of success at Chelsea? Um, of course, sign is a bit of a marquee signing. Um, hasn't really cut it. Do you think there's been a bit of an of, of a unfair expectation on Pedro, Dave, in terms of he's not the sort of player who carries a team? That's not really his style. He's no. sort of a, a cog yeah. in the machine almost. Yeah, he's a system player. I think that's the big thing. But, but even more than that, you go from playing all your career at Barcelona, team-based mm. on possession football and certain um, aspects. And then you go to Chelsea, which was a team-based on counter-attacking. In a way, it was a bit of a silly move from Pedro. Uh, even if there was no other move, you know, we wanted to get first-team football and so forth. But it just seems a bit strange that you're going to go from one extreme to another extreme in a way, you know, from... Barcelona to Guardiola. No, sorry, Barcelona to Mourinho. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> wrong, wrong big um, Mr. Chink, Abs Tally on Twitter said, what's your view on the Juve v Bayern game coming up now after seeing Juventus' current form? You guys dismiss Juve quite quickly before. That's always the difficulty of making a match prediction two months before the game. Um, Juventus, absolutely killing it in Serie A now, Dave and Lawrence. What do you think? I still think Bayern have got the edge on this one because they're, they're so strong. Ten wins in a row. Um, I think That's they've finally found a system mental. this season. 
So they they were playing the diamond last season with um, Vidal being like the main instigator of the press. So they've moved away from that and now switched to a three-five-two. Uh, you know, going back to a bit of the Conte style. Uh, Dybala is obviously a big, big player at the weekend. He was involved in every single goal. They won four nil. He got two assists and scored twice. Uh, cracking free kick. It's just all coming together. Sami Kadira, who I've criticised before, has started to you know pop up in the right positions. Pogba's being a bit more consistent. Uh, uh, Alexandra at left backs giving them a good, great out attacking outlet down that side. And I just think they've got a, you know, they look a bit more solid now. It looks like they've switched on again. Before they were a bit like maybe they were trying to, you know, they're taking the league a bit too easily, and Allegri sort of pulled them all in, and now they're being really competitive. And obviously, it's going to be a really good game. Actually, I'm quite excited. Before I was sort of like, oh, this is sort of dead and buried, right? But sort of coming in a way where it could be a really good time. Okay, quick fire round now because we're running over time, and I want to get through these great questions. That wasn't quick fire. Ten seconds each. One question each. Are you ready? Oh, look, is this the tweet that we got where someone said five seconds each? Oh, that's a good one. Let's do that. I haven't even well. seen that, but we'll get on to that. <laughs> that's right, how much ready? research we do before the show. We read half of the tweets. Alec Austin said, Lawrence, will Klopp pay dividends to Liverpool as Poch has done to Spurs? I believe he will, and we've seen that with Poch, it takes time. Go. Yes, he will. I do think it's a long term plan for Liverpool. What I'm interested in is who they're also going to replace him with after the four years that he finishes. Well, Oh, well played, Lauren. Well Within played. 10. Nico said, what happened to the Football Daily Weekly? It used to be one of my favourite shows. I don't know. I'm not a Football Daily anymore. Ten. I'm the Football Republic. And Lawrence, I assume you don't really know either at the moment. Adam Adam left. Uh, he left it to a really good guy. Been ever since. Nico's asked a lot of questions. Uh, let's ask, <laughs> answer two more of Nico's questions. He did submit six. Um, here we go, Dave. No, Lawrence, is this for you? Or is it for Dave? It's for Dave. Mm. Do I have to answer? Uh, no, it's Dave. It's Dave. It's Dave. It's Dave. Do you think that if Pep came to the Prem, he would develop a dominance in the league within two years like he has at Bayern? Go. Yes, completely. I'd love to see him at a team like Swansea, though. Get him to challenge him in a different way where he doesn't have all the best players. Lorenzo A. Castanon Lawrence said, what is a complete number nine? Uh, like a little squirrely bit with a tail. Um, <laughs> smart. Um, number nine's gonna score, a complete number nine is going to score your goals and bring your wingers... Um, a, a lot of joy when they're crossing the ball in. Oh, this one we can all answer in about three seconds. Harry said, what is your favourite food and drink combination when watching football? Mine is beer and nachos. Boom. Oh, lad, you're a real man. Yeah. Nachos. Uh, beer and pizza. Pizza. Oh, I love a pizza, me. Lawrence, what's your answer? <laughs> uh, I've, I, like, I like Italian food whilst watching football. Are you serious? Yeah. I'd, yeah. Such as what? Pizza, oh, pasta. Uh, pizza. Nice yeah, you could just say pizza. You know what? It's oh, better than a fragrant <laughs> glass of red. Oh, I like that, Lawrence. Wait till this summer and um, you guys will see exactly what I mean. Dave, how could United help Memphis Depay reach his potential? Um, de- cover for him defensively and let him give him the freedom and confidence play him every single week. Has the money in the EPL spoiled the league? Asks Matt Brownie Cake Lawrence. No, it's just turned it into something that maybe some people don't expect it to be. And we um, lament the loss of the old days, even though the old days weren't as good because people then were racist and horrible. Asal Delgado said, who has the best beard? It's got to be Lawrence. He's got a majestic stubble. Oh, Next yeah. question. From... I think it's Dave. Chabby Alonso-esque. <laughs> uh, last question from Jeremy AFC. One each. What is a rule that should be implemented into the game? Good. I uh, vote for multi-ball. <laughs> When I asked my friend tonight, he said, um, no backcourt pass. So once you go over the halfway line, Ooh. go back over the halfway line. 
Um, I I'd think like to, you should be able to pass on. backwards, like in rugby. Can't pass backwards. Has to be I forwards. I would like to oh. get the old offside rule back, whereas if you're offside, you're offside. No. Or the handball. If it hits your hand, no. it's a handball. No matter what you, you know, no matter where your hand is, your responsibility. More fun, Dave. I want they are arms. What about like <laughs> okay. three teams? Right. What I'd like, right? Football's so now like three teams instead of two. All on the other You have a shot. Someone can have a button on the side that's speedball. Yes. <laughs> get, get some extra rotations. Like These aren't rules. Boost. These are ridiculous ideas. Mate. Um, can we? Uh, oh, I go. Uh, I go for video technology. So boring. Rocket League, everyone gets in rocket cars <laughs> instead of playing with their legs now. They're all in rocket cars. That is football from now on. That's what about, yeah, right? Every single player has to have like a partner player. So they get like their, yeah. um, their left legs, left leg and the right leg strapped together. So it's like three, you have like three legs. Again, not a rule, a ridiculous suggestion. What if every player had like a power up? So like you can choose your power up <laughs> before you go on the pitch, like Mario Kart. So you could have the star. If, if like a striker threw on goal, you could throw the blue shell at them. <laughs> That'd be unbelievable. Oh, or like a and these uh, are, this a, is this a is banana. a realistic yeah a banana and this is uh, this skin. is not out there either. This is realistic. I think that's realistic. That yeah, I think that happen. could actually happen in football, Adam. And on that note, <laughs> that brings an end to this week's Q and A. Thank you for joining us. I think we all had a great time. Lawrence, did you- I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go at Lozcast. L O Z. C-A-S-T, and I'll see you there. People want to have a great time and follow you, Dave. Where do they go? At T-H-E-F-R-O-N-T, the number three. It's a very funny way of spelling Squawk and Dave. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Adam? <laughs> if you want to find me on Twitter, go at Adam Bolton. If you find, want to find us all on YouTube, mm. uh, where we'll be doing a Chelsea... Uh, Arsenal match review tactical analysis type thing tomorrow go on YouTube and type in at the front three you can find us on the Football Republic as well and all that good stuff make sure you subscribe rate and review the podcast because it always Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market helps and we'll see you next wednesday on the podcast 